0: Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we're constantly invited into organizations in order to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. We are continuing our podcast series where we choose common idioms or sayings, and we discuss the degree to which they're true, helpful, Maybe be applicable to our particular station in life. Of course, our station in life is, is that of helping people lead their organizations better, creating productive cultures, things of that nature. And so I am here today with uh, my good friend, my colleague and I might add our resident wordsmith, Mr. John Zeswitz. John, welcome. I'm glad you've well, joined me that, today. How about that introduction?
1: That is quite an introduction. Also. So
0: you better get it done here yep, today, yep, my friend. Yep, for sure. Hey, you know the uh, the idiom that we have chosen today is is uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now. I started thinking about this after we chose it, and I thought this was very, very common, a very common saying for me, or in my sphere, if you will, when I was in elementary school. I don't know that I've heard it that much since, but we tossed it around a lot. Uh, But I think even as a third grader, I I knew that uh, that it lacked veracity. Sure. What do you think? Sure.
1: There's something inherently off yeah. In that concept. Sure. So we're we're actually denying something that we're wired to feel. So when something is hurled at us, so I, I was raised in a family of five rambunctious boys. We spent a lot of times with sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. And indeed, we didn't necessarily break any bones, but when they connected, they hurt. Mm-hmm. And if you we... You mean literal sticks and stones? Literal okay. sticks and stones. There's a, there's a few scars. That's a high level of rambunctiousness. <laughs> we were. Yeah, we certainly were. And there were five of us, so... God bless my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with that, there is an acknowledgement that there is something, there's responsibility mm-hmm. that's in there. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes we can move past that when we just embrace that phrase mm-hmm. real quickly, mm-hmm. you know, that just, and, and it's probably morphed, Roger, I don't know, over time maybe to, you know, kind of like toughen up. Yeah, Don't take it seriously. Yep. Um, don't personalize it. Yeah. You know, and those things are right and appropriate within a certain, uh, within certain limits. I wonder
0: how that limit that you just spoke about, which which I think there is a certain amount that we ought to be able to let us roll off our back, so to speak. And I think when you have a we'll just call it broadly a leadership position. You're a leader in a, in a family, in an organization, in a, in a ministry, in a nonprofit, whatever it might be. You're going to get a certain amount of, let's just say, feedback that is not favorable. Mm-hmm. And one of your jobs, I think, and the uh, jobs of those around you, is to separate, here's another saying, the wheat from the chaff, <laughs> so to speak. Where are the nuggets in there yeah. that we could learn from? And where where is it just somebody blowing off steam, uh, so to speak, which we as leaders recognize as part of our role to allow that uh, to move on and and to not take it too seriously. So I'm wondering, we have entered this era where I've heard people use a phrase, we've entered a culture of offense and I think a couple folks in our in our firm here have read a book, which I have not read, but probably should. I think it's called Unoffendable. Have you seen that one, John? I've not seen I that I saw yeah. it on on it's a great. desk or two know. around here at North Group. But anyway, uh, I'm thinking about this 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 phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, words will never hurt me, along a, along a continuum. Yeah. So I don't want to go all the way to the idea where I almost welcome being offended so that I can lash out in some fashion, but I also don't want to be at the other end of the continuum where I deny the reality of the hurtfulness that words can impart. And the main reason I don't want to be there, and I wondered what advice you have in this area, the main reason I don't want to be there is because I want to choose my words carefully because we know... That language matters, and that the tongue is a weapon.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, what are you what are you thinking about? Like, if, if you and I were having this conversation in a coaching setting, and maybe that's what this is, uh, w- what would you tell me as a leader? Where where should I where should I park my vehicle along that continuum?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And having had this conversation uh, with some clients and direct reports mm-hmm. in the past. For me, the conversation starts around, what does forgiveness look like? Mm,
0: mm. What an interesting place to start.
1: So forgiveness really becomes, uh, one of its best definitions that I've heard is you are giving up the right to respond hmm. when you have been wronged. Hmm. The issue isn't whether or not you've been wronged. Um, the issue isn't necessarily how you are inclined to respond in that moment, which is what a lot of dialogue can be, or diatribe, which has become Certainly, very acerbic mm-hmm. in, in our culture mm-hmm. today. Um, but I'm giving up that right. Which, to your point, now I'm choosing what my response will be, mm-hmm. and that can be thoughtful. It doesn't need to be in the moment. Uh, I think it's it warrants taking time. You know, we've all heard the old you know the old uh, life hacks of okay. So if you receive an email and just type out your response and let it sit in the inbox. Mm-hmm. And I was never really comfortable doing that mm-hmm. because my techno deficiency, I hit the wrong button <laughs> might, might and, fly whoops, out. Yep, and it sent, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but there's something to that about choosing our words because mm-hmm. we either believe that words matter mm-hmm. or they don't. And mm-hmm. if words matter, they're going to leave a mark mm-hmm. at some level. Now we get the opportunity to choose what kind of mark mm-hmm. they leave, but for, a lot of these conversations, it was a starting point of so what's forgiveness look like? That's interesting.
0: So if I were trying to adjust my position along this continuum that I created for our conversation here, and I have leadership responsibilities, I would say in general I'm trying to adjust it more more to the left. That that when I say the left, I'm thinking the right is all the way out of culture. Of, culture of offense. Yep. The left is uh, words never matter, which I know, I know not to be true. Right. But I'm trying to move it a little bit more in that direction. Uh, how would you advise that I do this? Now, you're, I hear you saying start with forgiveness, and I really like that idea because it wouldn't have occurred to me as
1: a place to think about this. I think those conversations are truly developmental. Um, so when, it, it matters where we start from. Because that determines our mindset and our framework. Uh, but then there's there's like a four step process in those conversations, mm. you know, that I think can just be o- really helpful. Outline
0: it for us, John. That's really could be really helpful.
1: So the the four steps that I'll encourage um, folks to think through, and I, you know, and to be candid, I've had to learn how to think this way, you know, this, because this wasn't natural. This wasn't inherent. You know, someone would say something, uh, and it would be okay. So how am I going to react to this? Mm-hmm. So is I think about the circumstance and pulling apart what I understand the nature of the circumstances to be. First thing I need to do is recognize, okay, I've got a narrative in my head mm-hmm. at some point. At some point there's some kind of bias that's there. Mm-hmm. At least acknowledge that.
0: So least, what would be an example of that? What would so, you think about So um,
1: I would, uh, uh, so I'll give you an example since we talked about my brothers, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be, um, uh, I would have a brother who would take something from me and I would infer his motive. Okay. Okay. So that's the narrative. So in that's your the head. narrative. The in my reason
0: head. he did that is correct. And that narrative may or may not be true, but it's the one that you're dealing with. Absolutely. Okay. I got and, it. And then yep. that
1: would trans, that can translate to working with leaders or direct report. Yeah. Guess, sure. Sure. Right. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what that backstory is mm-hmm. that's there, and you have to leave some space for that. Mm-hmm. So you do your best to understand the circumstances and to really study the person. Um, but then you start with the the starting point is okay. Is this true? Is Mm -hmm. what I'm about to say true? Mm -hmm. And too often we don't reflect enough on that. Mm -hmm. Is it true Mm -hmm. or is it speculation? Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a great little book that's out, it's not a little book, uh, but it's called No Ego. Okay. And it talks about extracting the emotion out of the conversations. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one of its points is this, is that what do we really know Not what do we speculate, Mm -hmm. what do we think, what do we feel, Mm -hmm. what do we know? Okay. Which really helps us to get to what's true. That's the first question. Then the next question is thinking about what you're going to say. Are they the right words? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they communicated in the right way? Recognizing the communication kind of has this spread of, you know, I think it's 55, 38, 7. 55% Mm -hmm. is body language, Mm -hmm. 38% is inflection, Mm -hmm. 7% are the words. So you could look at that 7% and say, well, the words really don't matter. Or you can look at the converse and say, because words are only 7% of the equation, they really matter.
0: That's a good way to look at it. So how would you connect these two together? Because we want to speak truth, but the words with which we speak that truth, that's step number two, right? Step number one, is it true? Step number two, are they the right words? That connection is Extraordinarily important, right? Absolutely. Because I've been in a number of conversations, I would even say in the last year or two years, about uh, the word candor. Mm -hmm. And I think we could use more candor in our society, but don't I have a responsibility to think about what I know about the other person before I enter candor territory? For instance, I would say you and I, Mm-hmm. Given our mindset, given our long relationship, we could have a high level of candor. I don't know that we have a lot of need for it, but yep. if we needed to, yes. I, I don't think whole, there would be a whole lot of practice needed before that. But it's because there's, there's, there's a longstanding relationship of respect mm-hmm. to which we infer intention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. So connect those two together for me. The two first two questions of are they true? Are they the right words?
1: Yeah. So it is really it's it's understanding the context because everything has context. Yeah. Okay. Um, all things have context, and and it's so intriguing that oftentimes the context is one or two layers beyond you know, what the conversation is actually about. Okay. So we, we can infer and assume that the conversation is about this because this is what we've come to the conversation to expect. We're gonna deal with this issue. This is what we're gonna talk about. But the reality is that there can be things that are influencing that that are one, two layers out. So for instance, when we sit with a client and we'll talk about, so how are you doing? Um, how are you doing emotionally, professionally, relationally? Mm-hmm. You know, all of, these, all of these things matter because they create context. Mm-hmm and it very well could be that the issue that you're dealing with may be a one-off issue of a family member or close friend who is dealing with a medical issue mm-hmm. or you know or fill in the blank you know the, this is random this is not, hasn't really happened but you know the child wrecks a car mm-hmm. you know or uh, or so again this is not specific but a CFO Misses on a financial statement, Mm -hmm. and that person has just read that before they're coming. That you don't know that you're thinking you're coming to this context. So, I think that there's an awareness of really trying to actively listen Mm -hmm. to understand how those things link, you know. So, we're
0: going in to speak truth, we want to choose the right words, but it would be difficult to choose the I'm going to put quotes around right. The right words until we know the context Absolutely. and even until we know the uh, oh, position of that person at that time mm-hmm. um, I don't use this all the time but I found a lot of benefit lately in just asking people is this a good time to discuss X mm-hmm. and I would say a certain percentage of the time the person I'm asking that question of will say not really and now I have to be prepared to accept that because probably I do want to discuss sex at the time. But that allows the person to contextualize their response in a way where their uh, sticks and stones uh, won't break their bones, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. Because I think here's one of the things that can happen when we, we condition around that phrase. I guess
0: that helps your third step, doesn't it, it John? Does. It and that gets us to your third step, which is... Is it the right time? Is it the right
1: time? Okay. Is it the right time? Mm-hmm. So I need to be open to that. Mm-hmm. So the right time could be two hours from now. The right time could be two days from now. Um, I think depending upon the issue, you want to establish timeframes. So Mm -hmm. if now is not the right time, when is a reasonable right Mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. Um, That could be in in some cases. For instance, um, in in a biblical narrative, it was months before Nathan confronted David. Mm. over his adultery mm-hmm. you know I, mm-hmm. I mean it was it, so there's a whole setting of the table okay. that I think sometimes occurs um, in that and we just we, we need to ask ourselves is it the right time so for, for us
0: as leaders what 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 gets in the way of that mm-hmm. in, in your experience maybe for you personally I think I can say some things for me personally yeah. what gets in the way of waiting that for the right time
1: well we're leaders we want to get it done. We want to get it done. Okay. We want we progress. Want to move things along. We're gonna. We, we we need to move forward. Yeah. And um and and why can't why can't everybody just see that this is how we need to move forward? Yeah, yeah. I've
0: been guilty of the opposite too, John. As you were talking, I was thinking of. Uh, I was actually thinking of a specific situation. Uh, so I, I can't even say how many years ago—fifteen, 15, 20 years ago—when I was in a difficult coaching relationship. And I say difficult because it was just hard to help that particular leader move to the spot that he expressed that he wanted to move to and so I would go into each meeting saying I think this needs to be the day when uh, this issue gets verbalized and he gets challenged around it and, and and I'll I'll make sure that I do it in the right timing and in the right way. And then what would happen, and this was an emotional response on my part, is we would begin with some other subject, you know, around how he was doing, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. emotionally or physically or spiritually, whatever it might be. And I would use his response as an excuse not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get to the issue. I would think, oh boy, man, if he just Mm -hmm. experienced that, I think I better wait on this. And I, I don't think I really ever got to the hardest conversation with him, so I guess that's yeah. a little bit the opposite when we're talking about this continuum that we started with today sure. about sticks and stones. Because as a leader, if I'm unwilling to approach someone with something that could help them, and I'm afraid that I can't articulate it properly, I can't be helpful at the level that I'm called to be helpful. Right, right,
1: and which I think is a there's a linkage um, that exists, uh, Roger, to that point. Of what does how does active listening mm-hmm. integrate um, into this? Say a little bit more about what you mean by active listening. So, what, what, what's the components or elements? So, when we when we talk about active listening, um, you know, there's there there have been a lot of I think synonyms that have kind of emerged into modern culture. Uh, mindfulness is mm-hmm. now a term mm-hmm. that we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, it was being present. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think there was a great book. Uh, that um, I'm not going to get the author, maybe Brene Brown, present over perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, So are we actually listening to each other mm-hmm. um, in this? And Which
0: would include those that would in- pieces of the conversation that are nonverbal that Correct. you mentioned earlier, right?
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I'm paying attention yeah. to those, and I'm trying to put this picture together. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other piece for the leader. The leader's called to lead. Mm-hmm. So if this is a pattern, that's consistently showing up with the individual, that probably becomes a different mm-hmm. conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. So, we've got this, this, this interesting and historic statement, one that I'm very familiar with from my childhood, and I think we could easily take it and say, well, that simply is not true. That words will never hurt me, because we know that words do hurt. Correct. Um, we've gotten this great encouragement from you to ask several questions before we approach people about difficult subjects uh, Is it true? Is it the right words? Is Is it the right time? Does it need to be said? Will it be helpful?
1: That's the last question, honestly, that I think sometimes we move past too quickly. The will it be helpful? Will it be helpful? Because we we, will take a look at someone's circumstance and say, well, you know, this just might not be the right time. But the fact is, it might be the right time because that is what's helpful Mm -hmm. in that moment. You know, that's not a
0: zero-sum equation. That's not a right or wrong issue, is it?
1: That is not. And I think that's what Patrick Lencioni will talk about a lot with the kind truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we're going to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this concept of where does grace and truth meet? Mm-hmm. Well, th- the truth is they do meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're not necessarily a needle that points from one edge. You know, the, the needle for grace is way over here. The needle for truth is way over here. Which way is the needle pointing? Mm-hmm. Um, the needle should really be pointing straight up so that it, a conversation is fully gracious and fully truthful.
0: And that should be true for the party to whom it's being addressed as much or more as it should be true for the one who wants or needs to address it. Absolutely. So that brings in the level of sensitivity, insight, discernment, might be a good word, that we need as leaders in order to function at the proper spot along this continuum Uh, as you put it of grace and truth but along the idea that uh, we do have to move things along as leaders we do need to confront people from time to time we certainly need to be confronted from time to time and to cultivate a character in which we invite people to bring us helpful responses and then i think i'll put a cap on this maybe with you john by saying We should really be working at this four-step process that you named, and I'll just articulate it again. Is it true? Are they the right words? Is it the right time? And will it be helpful? But not be easily offended if others approach us and they haven't gone through all those four steps. As a leader, I need to cultivate a receptiveness beginning with forgiveness that says, hey, they might not have chosen the right words, and this might, might not be the best time, but this could really be helpful because I know it to be true. And so we're going to get uh, our feelings hurt, so to speak, which is the uh, the opposite of what the, uh, the idiom says from time to time. But as leaders, I think we need to be looking for the truth in it. So I think I have a higher calling to impart this discernment by going through all four of those steps, but not necessarily require it as coming back to me because I can extract more truth if I can get past uh,
1: the medium, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Because I think one of the pieces of communication that sometimes we we expect that there's delivery and reception. Yeah. Well, that's only half the equation. Mm-hmm. There's delivery, reception, understanding, and then what's expression yeah. that comes back from that. Mm-hmm. So we have a tendency to think that communication is you know as leaders right we we want to have the conversation and we want to know once we've had the conversation mm-hmm. okay we've had the conversation it's moving forward mm-hmm. incrementally or not but the reality is conversation and progress is often a step here a step here a step forward a step back you know we we, we know the three steps forward two steps yeah, back that's sure, probably sure. a podcast for a different day yeah right 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 but but there is that reality within communication that it's in, in many ways it's a ping pong right? yeah. and if we give ourselves the freedom to believe this idiom, what does that do for us related to the vigilance of our own words? Mm-hmm. And if we care a little less about our words and where they land, does that begin to impact the way that we listen to others? Well, for sure. And if that's the case, then we start to have a breakdown in achieving yeah. our desired destination. Thanks for uh,
0: suggesting this idiom. It. Uh did a couple things for me. One was obviously it it allowed me to learn from this conversation and your advice. Thank you, John. But secondly, it just took me back to uh, memories of the schoolyard at Princeton School in Stratford, New Jersey, where I grew up. And some of those were unpleasant, but most of those are pleasant memories of my childhood. John, thanks for uh, discussing this with
1: me today. It was fun. Thank you, Roger. Real privilege. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.